Well, good to see you all. Yeah. So I've been processing, uh, I think all of us, been processing so much that's happening around us in the world. I mean, this, this week, I mean, with Will, as most of you know, the news about Will and the cancer that in, in the natural is, can't be treated. And I mean, for you guys as well and for family, it's like, it's been weighing on our hearts the whole week. I know uh, that's something. And then we, we, as a congregation, have had to process Danelle passing away of cancer, 35, 36 year old, 38, something like that, 35. And then COVID. And yesterday, one of my best friends uh, in, in Mossel Bay, his dad passed away. It wasn't of COVID, but of a heart attack. And Kim's hair's falling out from the COVID. <laughs> Big stuff, little stuff. It's, it's, it's a tough season <laughs> for difficult. And then what we go and how we process stuff and folk going through, I know, and I'm going to probably touch on it just now. I've gone through times of loneliness. I think a lot of us have. Times of, I need, I need some friendship here, you know, I need... I need something. But that's me, you know, how I've processed stuff. And then guys going through fear. And I, the fear, I think that's a big thing out there. And life's, life's um, COVID is, needs to bring the best out in us, but sometimes brought out the worst. And I'm hoping that what I have to share to you today is a, is a word of encouragement of, I believe what God is doing amongst us. And, that, that I'm trusting that I'm try, endeavoring to live, live this truth of that we don't just survive crisis. We thrive as people of God in times of crisis. We're not just called to survive. We're called to thrive. We're called to live the abundant life of Christ every day, whatever season we're living in. And I'm trusting... For you out there, for the guys that are watching, I <laughs> keep forgetting there's a lot of guys. Uh, I'm trusting that just what I have to share this afternoon will not only inspire, but just invigorate us to live more passionately, more on fire for God than ever before in the circumstance we're living now. In the circumstance we're living. So there's a scripture that... Uh, that's been uh, on my heart just for, for the last while. I've been going through some of the Psalms, and it comes from Psalm 52. And the background was David wrote the Psalm in a very difficult time in his life. He was the anointed man of God. He was. He was anointed. He was going to be the king. He was the heir to the throne. He knew that. But Saul also knew that and Saul began to persecute him to such an extent that he wanted to kill him and David ran away he was then he was then betrayed and as a result of that betrayal by a man called Doeg who was an Edomite wasn't even an Israelite and had the family that David fleed to had that family killed Doeg killed him and he went and told Saul where David was and, and he was betrayed 
And David within himself was running away in fear. Don't tell me he wasn't scared. (laughs) He was scared. He didn't want to die. He must have felt the weight of someone that had been murdered because of him. He must have felt that weight, the responsibility of that. And it was a very, I would imagine, the the king, apparent, whatever you call it, the the king was running away. When is my purpose? When when am I going to live in my inheritance? (laughs) When am I going to live the promises of God? And then he begins to write the psalm, about that time and the, and the first major part of the psalm is about God you deal with Doeg you deal with Saul that was the first part and then he says this in verse 9 and 10 but I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever. Oh God, for what you have done, I will trust in your good name and in the, pres- in the presence of your faithful people. Beautiful. Three lands, the but. I'm in, I'm in this life and it's hard and difficult. Oh, sorry, I want to start my timer. Sorry, I, I don't want to. There we go. That's okay. I don't want to live my life surviving. I don't know about you. And I've endeavored my life and I've made mistakes. I've ha- I've, I, I don't think I've got too many regrets uh, when I've made mis- decisions and things, even when we're leading the church in Mossel Bay. I think we made quite a few mistakes. But in that time, I felt like it was in God. But they were in retrospect. But I don't want to live in regret. I don't want to live just surviving. I don't want to live in a place of fear. I want to know that no matter what season I'm in, I'm thriving in God. The enemy comes like a thief in the night. Like a thief. But Jesus said, But I have come to give you life and life in abundance. So it's not the absence of the enemy that brings the abundant life. It's the very presence of Jesus in your life that brings abundant life. Amen. Are we all this? (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Okay. So I want us to focus on three things. I am like an olive tree, thriving in God's house, always trusting in His and failing love. It's the keys. I'm just some keys to living the abundant life that Jesus has called us to. Are you there? So I went to read up a little bit about the olive tree. And then, what, is it, what does someone's life look like that's able to thrive? What is the character? What are areas uh, that we need to be purified in or mature in and grow in if we want to thrive in God's house? What, what does it look like? And these are the areas that I believe COVID's bringing out, either purifying us and maturing us in, bringing the best out in us, hopefully, okay, or any difficult time we go through. And so I read this about olive tree. So it's not from the Bible. These are just facts about the olive tree. There is one olive grove in Sardinia that reliably dates back almost 4,000 years. Oral tradition indicates that some are even older. 
and that in fact olive trees might never die. The olive tree is famous for growing in poor soil and extremely rocky environments. Olives will grow where nothing else grows. There's a resilience, there's a perseverance, there's an enduring character that God wants to put in us that despite our circumstances we are running. We are running with God. We are running for God. He's running and we're running and we're chasing after God. We become these God chasers. Chases after God. Not after the anointing. These things come with it. Not after the power. The other things come with it. Running after God. Who He is. We endure and we keep going. Through the valley. We are, we are through the valley. Though, though you walk through the valley, I'm with you. There's this always with us that God is with us and we endure all circumstances. So the first thing that God's building in us is a resilience. The second thing, read your fact here about them. The trunk and branches do not actually live forever. They hollow out and die off many times, many times over the course of the life of the tree. The root and the parts of the olive tree that are underground do not die of natural causes. Think of Will and Danelle. What's above the ground is temple. What you're rooted in. Okay. It says there, the sprout, uh, they do not die of natural causes. They sprout and send forth new trees again and again and again. There's this rooted in God, rooted in His Word, rooted in God's family, that God is bringing us through in this period. Are you rooted in God? Are you rooted in family? Are you rooted in His Word? Do you believe what He says? Do you believe that uh, those of you, I don't even watch Justin Kidd's live this week, it's about doubt and belief and believing what God says. Are we rooted in God? Do you believe Him? Do we trust Him? Do you have a personal relational encounter with God and a faith that trusts Him for what He says? building faith in us. He's building that. He's rooting us in Him. Olive trees are also self-pollinating, which is unusual in the plant kingdom. The fact might help account for their extreme longevity. Since olive trees do not use the genes of other plants to sprout and seed, there is less possibility for genetic transcription to enter the system and for mutations to occur. There's a sense that the seed of Christ, the seed that's planted in us, reproduces after itself. There's a reproduction. Last week, Joey was speaking about us as his children, his family, the, the, the seed, I think even the sperm of God, the Holy Spirit comes, and actually we are birthed, we are conceived in the womb of God. I think it was something like that. Am I right? Something like that. But we are his family. We are his family. We are olive trees. <laughs> we are, that's who we are. We are rooted in him. And when we're rooted in him, we reproduce ourselves after him. And so there is this process when we go through difficult times. Not only are we resilient, not only are we rooted in him, but we reproduce ourselves after him. We become more and more like Him. And when we become more like Him, we produce seeds that produce that more and more in the lives of others. 
That is the reproduction that takes place. And during COVID, don't you think it's amazing how Josh Jen has grown? We have grown in congregations, grown in size. I don't know all the numbers, but I think we're about 27 congregations before COVID. We are now going to be close to 40. 18 months, 13 congregations. I don't know how many people. There have been an incredible number of people that have come into the life of our church over this time. Why? Most people are running or staying in their homes or isolating and all these things. No, that is not the way the gospel operates. There's a reproduction that needs to happen. There's growth that needs to happen no matter what the season. Reproducing after themselves. Number four, it also helps that because of their propensity for poor soil, olive trees are usually isolated from other trees. Do you realize that the hard times we go through is God's plan to purify our character and our nature? Any disease that makes the transition to an olive grove will simply kill the parts of the tree that extend above the ground. After a suitable period, when cultivators or nature safely clear the dead tree away, the olive root will simply sprout another tree. One reason may be that since they are sheltered by the soil and protected from mutation, the roots of the olive tree simply have no reason not to live forever. The molds and fungi that attack most trees cannot find their way to the essential parts of the tree in its bed of rock. Don't you love that? Diseases and fungi that will kill it don't find a way when it's embedded The roots are in the rock. And the diseases that come with interbreeding pass them by. God is purifying His church. We become resistant to disease. We become resistant to the aggressive nature of the world against the church and the compromise so often we see that starts to filter into the church. We are resistant to compromise truth. When, when there's a little bit of deviation from the truth, we, we, we can see it. We can see what God is saying, what He's doing, and we stick true, true to the DNA and the course of the truth that God has given us. Amen? This is what God's doing. God's doing. This is the character and nature. And this is who you are. This is who you are. God has called you, like an olive tree, to be resilient in the times we're living in. God has called you to be rooted deep and abiding in the vine. God has called us to reproduce more and more of Christ's nature in Him, in Him, and purify us in our character, mature us in our character, and that we become resist more and more resistant to the infection of the world. We need to be vaccinated consistently with the Word of God. I'm a vaxxer <laughs> of God's truth. <laughs> I, won't, uh, I won't go into the other area because that's contentious. But we need to be vaccinated with God's truth all the time and with what God is saying so that we are immune to the world and the compromise that it's trying to push in the culture. It's, it's insidious, I think that's a big word. It's like under, it wants to get in there. Let's say true and that's what God's doing. Amen? You and I are olive trees, like olive trees. That's who you are. Rooted in the rock. Rooted in the rock. Stay rooted. Abide in the vine. Cling to the vine. Push in. Go deeper with God. 
because you'll see the fruit that are going to come out of that and I'm going to touch on that in a moment's time cool I but I am like an olive tree despite the circumstances all of you say after me I am an olive tree let's say it with a bit more conviction I am an olive tree (laughs) that's who you are you're rooted in God and there are sometimes things on the outside this outside part of us we all, we all in, the, we all. Don't, uh, Uncle Wills always says, "You don't get out of this life alive unless Jesus comes back." But your root is there, root forever, on, on and on. Looking to see if there are any other kids. Good to see you, my boy. Good to see all the children. You're the only one, yeah. Well done, well done. Root yourself in God, eh? Root yourself. Love Jesus like your mom and dad do. And you'll go even further than they ever will, eh? That's good. Thriving in the house of God. So this is who you are, rooted in Christ, child of God. This is who you are. But you're not just called to, as a child of God, survive the times we're living in. You're called to thrive. How do we thrive? There's a scripture in Psalm 84 verse 5. And it says this. What joy for those whose strength come from the Lord. What joy for the olive trees <laughs> whose strength come from the Lord, who have their minds set on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Does that look like someone who's just surviving? No. Joy and strength from being in the Lord. <laughs> And you'll see there's fruitfulness that comes out of it as well. And I'm going to have a sip of water. That's all right. Some sustenance. Are you all all right? It's a little more uh, uh, going straight into a preach. It's a little bit more, um, well, hopefully it's not difficult for you guys. <laughs> thank you, guys. Oh, you guys, I love it. Just thank you. Thriving in the house of God. So there's this passage of Scripture. Um, this, uh, this um, psalm that I was reading the other day, which is one of the psalm of ascents. Now, the psalm of ascents from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. There are 15 psalms that the pilgrims, that the, all the people of Israel would sing as they went, when all the tribes were coming to gather for a meeting. Once... Once or twice or three, I think it was three times a year, they'd come and they'd sing psalms. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. So these are psalms that would sing together as they would come, as they um, would ascend and go to Jerusalem for the feasts. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And now, yeah, we are. We're standing inside your gates. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, a well-built city, safe, okay. Its seamless walls cannot be breached, a refuge, eh? All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. Am I getting passionate? Okay. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the Lord requires of Israel. Yes, stand at thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love the city prosper. Speaking of what you guys are saying, prospering, eh? This whole idea, and it's not a worldly prospering. It's this thriving, eh? Oh, Jerusalem, 
May there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and my friends, I will say to you, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what's best for you, Jerusalem. Uh, the message starts out that chapter like this, something like this. That, that psalm says, When they said, Let's go to the house of the hall of God, my heart leapt for joy. <laughs> there's this joy, there's this thriving, there's this posture of, of praise, there's this posture of, of, of praising Jesus as they ascend, as they ascend and go to gather together as his saints. And I'm, I want to just share with you, and I'm going through it quite quickly, the, the five things, I think it's five things or six, but I'll go through them very quickly. Why I believe we, as the olive trees, as God's people, thrive when we're in God's house, when we're part of God's house. Number one, people of God. Sorry, so the first one is God's presence is encountered. We encounter the presence of God. There's nothing like when we gather together, we're worshiping God, and there's this tangible uh, sense of God's presence. It was a major difference. I come from a, I got saved when I was in 1970, when I was 10 years old, and got saved in a very Bible-based church background, which I really appreciate. My folks are still very much part of that kind of church but uh, there came a t- there was a, a, a day in 1978, 1979, when the Holy Spirit just came upon me, and everything that I loved about God's Word just came, hello, alive, just came alive to me. It was no longer an intellectual, academic, knowing God. It was this intimate experiencing of knowing God. And this is what happens in a greater measure. And ever since then, when I get together, when we get together, as many, as often as possible, I really, when I get together, I say, God, I just want to experience your presence when we get together. There's something about when we get together as God's people, that the presence of God, that just comes in, in, in a different way. God's house is His house. And we need to do, and come with a posture that makes him comfortable not us but he loves meeting with his people, he wants to meet with us you can see as, as David sings his psalms or writes his psalms this, in, this intimate encounter all the time that he wants to have with God, that, that, that longing for God's presence as a deer pants for water so my soul longs after you, there is this desire that he wants to meet God's presence and his house is his house and that's where all the people went and we're going to go and we're going to meet with God when the curtain was torn I think God met people halfway <laughs> you know the curtain in the temple separated men from the presence of God the ark I think when it tore men were able to go in but God was saying I'm coming out <laughs> I want to meet with my people wherever Anyway, that's my theology. I can't prove it. <laughs> There's a sense that God wants to meet with us and we must desire to meet with His presence because it's in His presence that we thrive. 
Second one, God's people gather. God's people gather. It's God's house where they gather to unite. It's a family feast. It's where his bride is purified, an army equipped for the battle, and friends come together to have some fun. It's God's house, God's family. I, uh, I was saying in the first meeting that I come from a family of six siblings. My parents are still alive. My dad is 90 years old, 91. I spoke to them two days ago. My mom is 83. They're thriving. <laughs> Just, uh, it's God. Uh, uh, they say they don't. Uh, I spoke to him the other day. I said, uh, Dad, because one of the, their friends, they let me know, he's just passed away, one of their friends. So I said, Dad, you're the last man standing. Because he loves his Louis Lemoore books. I said, Louis Lemoore books, you know, the last man standing. He loves his Westerns. Those who don't know what Louis Lemoore is, Westerns. Last man standing. Anyway, oh, that's off the point. <laughs> so, so they live in New Zealand. I've got family. In, I've got a, a brother in Wales, two brothers in New Zealand, two sisters in America. And I knew there was a stage in my, uh, when they were all leaving over the country and that temptation was to go because South Africa is not a comfortable place to live in and because there's not a good future. I just say, since when? Since when? When, when do we run away from hardship? We follow God. There's a conviction in my heart. And I realized when I saw my family beginning to emigrate, I realized that there's a remnant that needs to stay. <laughs> Called ourselves the Delport Remnant. I realized that day that I look around me now, and ever since they left, and I think even in my, in my process as my family left overseas over the last 25 years, I look around me and say, you're my family. That's what I've had to live with. My family, you guys. My church family, closer than blood. And I think we need to get hold of that, all of us. That not only are you an olive tree in the rock, but you are an olive tree in an olive grove, connected. Connected. The importance of family. So, so important. Some of you live it so well, I want to say. I don't know all of you that well, but like Natalie, I mean, coming to your home, I've, Chris and Sarah, guys, you guys, um, guys that I know well, I mean, I just sense, just man, you go, you feel like family, you know, we are actually family, but uh, <laughs> uh, Natalie is um, my sister-in-law's sister, you got that, <laughs> but I want to say family, I'm going to go through the others very quickly, um, uh, God's house is where his praise resounds. There's nothing like God's people praising together and that corporate us getting together. And I think for me, not only is the muscle that probably needs to be strengthened in Josh Jensen's COVID, I think it's just simply I've been able to get together, but it's a place I want, I want to be here together because it's the praise and in the worship as we're getting together, God speaks through prophetic words and gifts and scriptures and Man, there's something that happens when we're together. When we're together. God's peace reigns. When we get God's house, God's house is a place of where reconciliation happens with God, where there's peace made with God and peace made with one another, where we live in relationships that are whole, that are reconciled, 
where there's unity of heart, mind, and spirit, where there's, where there's joy in this place because of our enjoyment of one another. If we lose the sense of joy of one another, I think we've lost half of the gospel. <laughs> I mean, we, we are made right with God, but man, I'm only going to thrive in God and I'm thriving with you. And our hearts are connected and there's forgiveness where forgiveness is needed, where there's grace, where grace is needed, where there's compassion, where there's compassion needed, when there's healing, when healing is needed. Amen? Amen. Uh, the, God's house is where there's peace, where, where there's something comes and that's attractive. And I thrive. I thrive. I'm the olive tree and I'm going to thrive there. Because there's this uh, unity, there's this heart. And the final thing is God's power is made visible. Lives are changed. I can't tell you in our meetings together, I know there's so much that happens in the home and one-on-one relationships, but I can't tell you when we gather together as his family, whether it's in a community group or in a meeting on a Sunday when we gather together, the number of lives that have been touched and changed through the message of the gospel. Message preached. Man, when I see that, it invigorates me. But we see others coming into wholeness and healing and salvation. Man, we thrive in God. We thrive in God. God's house is beautiful, man. We need to have a passion for God's house like, he, like, like David had. I've tried to endeavor, try and fire that up all my life. I can't remember a season in my life, and this is just my testimony, a season in my life where... We haven't been committed to a local church. That's just my testimony. And I I can't say that I've... I mean, I've had disappointments. I've been hurt. There's been disappointments. been difficult times. But man, there's a conviction and a love for his bride. And I... Hopefully that's I'm instilling something of that and more. And hopefully you've got it. If you've got it, just keep going, man. Keep going. God's house is the only house that lasts. There's a house in heaven one day, but it's going to be God's house. But then we're going to experience him in all his fullness. It's beautiful. And so our response to this is to seek the best of his house. That's what the Bible says. Olive trees produce fruit. I have a, I love gardening, and I spend, I have, oh, okay, I've got to finish. I've got to finish. I'll do this in a couple of minutes. I love gardening, as I said, and garden is looking to a place where I wanted to go, but then about, uh, and I've spent a lot of time and that kind of thing in the garden. But then about six months ago, there was a little rodent. It's about this size. Got into my garden. And to this day, I can't get rid of it. And he's destroying everything. Well, not everything, but a lot in the back. There's a back part of my garden that is just... So I, chuck, I just can't... It's there. And then there, then there. And I'm like... I just can't get rid of it. So I want to tell you that for those of you who love animals, I love animals, but I'm putting poison down. (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry. But that thing, it just, 
And I want to say that when we seek the best of God's house, I want to say this tongue. We can have a beautiful garden, but the words we say can do a lot of destruction. It can be like a mole under the ground, behind the scenes, talking. I want to encourage you to watch our language. The olive tree, I'm just going to mention these very quickly. Is our word, is what we say. The olive, the fruit of the olive tree is the olive and mainly the olive oil. And olive oil does three things, and amongst others, maybe other things. Olive oil that was used for cleansing and healing. So when we speak our words, even when we confront people, is the end product healing? Or is it hurting? Are, are we even in the areas of weakness is there always an area that we're thinking that we need to build are we building there are we hurting when you write on Facebook or comment or when we speak to one another be careful is it a cleansing word is it a purifying word even when we need to correct and confront the end product of confrontation is always Christ like um, fruit that we want to see in their lives. I'm not saying don't confront. We need to confront areas. But the end thing, is is it a cleansing? Is it a healing thing that happens? The second thing that oil that we did for oil was, was anointing. They used to anoint heads and feet. And that was always about purpose. Our words, is it pushing people in the direction of God's purpose for their lives? Is it, is it helping people? Hopefully that's kind of what I felt for Seb even. Pushing in the right direction. Keep going, man. Keep going. Anointing. It's a preparation. Are you preparing and helping people for the task and the mission? And the final thing that oil was, 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 was oil for lamps to keep the lamp burning. They used to put oil, olive oil in the lamps to keep it burning. It was actually the olive oil that kept the lamps in the, in the, in the tabernacle, in the inner, in the inner place, uh, in the inner court, the holy place, <laughs> that it kept burning, this light. And that oil, as we speak, is it lighting a fire for God or is it lighting a fire of dissension? <laughs> is it pushing people towards unity? Is it people pushing towards uh, own agendas, whatever the case is, or is there is there um, pain that I'm projecting on others? That's not the. We need to be encouraging one another daily. What are the words we speak? Are they encouraging one another? This is how we seek the best for God's house. But I'm like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. And I will always trust in God's unfailing love. And that final bit is not a preach. Actually just saying, when when you're despairing, when you're fearful, when you feel something in your heart, when you even something, when there's a a personal relationship that's under under stress or you need to confront or whatever the case is, remember God's unfailing love for you and for me. When I remember mercy, 
and understand mercy, I'm quick, quicker to show mercy. When I understand God's unfailing love, there's a greater propensity to show the love of God for others. When I when feel the empathy of God, then I'll show what God's unfailing love. I think someone mentioned the height, the depth, the width of God's love. We need to know that in God. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to, I don't know, do we need to switch off yet? I don't know what time. There you go. So I'm going to, we're going to go into a place of worship now. But I'm trusting that as I've shared this afternoon, <laughs> there's been this joy, hopefully joy. And I want to thrive in God. I want to have that joy, the joy that it is to serve God in that pilgrimage. We are all on a pilgrimage to a heavenly Jerusalem one day. There's this walk we're going on. But let's thrive. Let's not. <laughs> so hard. No. No. When I hear that, when I heard I was going, my heart leapt for joy. And I want that joy not to go to my head. I want it to go to my feet. Don't take it your head and then say, should I dance? Should I clap? Should I raise my hand? Should I become a dignified no 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 you say conviction of heart there's joy and I'm going to go crazy for God I'm going to jump for joy I'm going to enjoy God I'm going to enjoy the people of God I'm going to encourage the people of God I'm going to seek the best of his house and his people and the words I say and the worship that I give is going to be my best Perhaps today there's been your you need to spend time in our worship before God saying God the words that I've said They've not always been building up. I think that applies to every single one of us, actually. Actually. Because I maybe I haven't always guarded my heart. Proverbs says, I think 4 says, guard your heart at all times. For out of the heart springs the issues of life. And then it goes on to say, be careful of any perversive word you speak. But it comes out of the heart. But if your heart is leaping... If your heart is weeping, that is what comes out. Weeping for God. Weeping for others. Weeping before God. Repentance coming in our lives before God. Saying, God, your mercy, your unfailing love. Remember, I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in your unfailing love. Well, I, I, the circumstances right now, I'm fearful. Trusting your unfa- in your unfailing love. 